shit show uh my name's conrad i'm one of your hosts and i've never had spam in my life i've i've never tasted spam i think it would taste like like soggy hot dogs no it's so much better than that it, it to me it looks like you know mashed up limp wieners does it taste like scrapple michelle what's scrapple Okay, see, there we go. <laughs> maybe that's like a maybe that's like a down south thing, like Scrapple, but I, I don't know. And well, I'm now googling Scrapple because this is Michelle's on a learning journey. <laughs> know where countries are. Okay, yeah, okay. Pan rabbit is a mush of pork. It's the same shape, but <laughs> spam is just it's good. You like slice it, put it on a barbecue. Maybe add some pineapple. It, it's good. I mean, that was a staple in my house growing up. Yeah, we never had spam. Yeah. My, you know, my dad being from northern Minnesota is really um, into the canned meats department. So I ate a lot of canned meats as a kid. All right. So my name is Michelle. And um, I'm, I'm in an ongoing battle with the uh, feds right now, the IRS. I'm trying to get my tax return from 2020, which I filed uh, back in February. And I finally heard back from them why they've held on to my return for the last five months. And it's because um, apparently my children aren't mine, according to them, that the children on record do not exist, nor are they related to me. And so I, I really want to know where these four little heathens came that have been eating all my food. I knew there was heard <laughs> about you, but I mean, I know. whatever. I imagine them all. I also have not gotten my taxes back, nor... Have I received a stimulus check at all? So I am devoid taxes and stimulus. Wow. I'm not, I'm not stimulus for you. I can't get stimulated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th there's pills for that. <laughs> that is that is crazy because I actually did receive the first stimulus and I wasn't even living in the country. See? I had I had worked. I had worked for the first half of the year in the United States, and then I left for the second half. So I received the stimulus, and you didn't, and I wasn't even living there. That is just awesome. That's the America I know and love. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, I might as well. Let me quickly. Cause everyone's probably like, "Who's this third voice?" Uh, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, she's on Twitter. Her name is Danny Morrison, and I'm really excited to talk to her because she writes my kind of books the kind of books that are really stimulating she writes fantasy erotica i think that's what i read but yes. I, I was and so hi danny why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself um well like uh, you said michelle i'm danny morrison and a little factoid about me um is that since we're talking about taxes is even though i do not live in the united states anymore i still have to file taxes every year in the united states for the rest of my life so wow. Yes. Um, and the only way that will stop is if I renounce my citizenship. So that's kind of a thing that I'm having to think about now. I've never had to think about that before. So that's kind of a, a mind fuck. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 You can. So, heck yeah. So 
that's kind of so that's a little bit of a mind fuck, you know. So the, so that's my little factoid. How do you renounce citizenship? Like, what do you do? Like, go stand on a corner and like yell out, "I am no longer American," you or gotta, like, stand you, in a mirror with like a flashlight in your face saying, "You've got to." <laughs> got to wear a pot on your head <laughs> run around with a little toy drum clang clang goes the trophy. <laughs> I, I think Recite the pledge of allegiance backwards right i think like you actually have to you have to file some paperwork and then you have to pay so i think it's oh, a couple of grand so you still get money in the end <laughs> yeah oh yeah they're still gonna get theirs uh, you have to pay to quit yes that's usually it's like, why you quit is so you don't have to pay. It's it's like filing for bankruptcy. You know, you've got the lawyer fees, and it's like you know, shit. I wouldn't be here if I could afford a lawyer. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, where are you from, Danny? I am originally um, from Washington D.C. I was born in Washington D.C. and uh, then I grew up in Georgia, and then I moved back to Washington D.C. when I was about seventeen or so. Okay. Yeah. And now you're living in the Netherlands. And it's like really early for you right now, isn't it? It's really early, but I'm I'm usually awake by this time anyway. Um so this is this is perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, that yeah. uh so what brought you to the Netherlands? My husband is Dutch. You know, we just kind of decided that to move back here. He has all of his family is here. He wanted to be closer to his parents and I've always been like a huge um, like history lover, kind of like a nerd. And I wanted to get to live where I'd be closer to all of the things I'd always read about. Okay, so back thing. up a second. I mean, so you you went on a date and you said that we're going Dutch and then you had to leave the country? <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, I mean, we we were together for a while first, um, okay. but you know, his his parents were getting older, and you know, we have like little nieces and nephews here and stuff like that. Um, my family is a bit more scattered, so I was kind of just like, "Hey, I'm up for an adventure, so let's go." You want to go home? I want to go see some new shit. Let's go. I mean, I can't That's even. Awesome. I can't even get a girl to go to a cocktail bar, and you know. You, he got you to go to another country for <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I sometimes told him. I've sometimes been like, I don't know if you digmatized me. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, it was kind of a whirlwind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Do you do you like it there? I mean, you're an expat living in the Netherlands. Do you like it? I, there are some things I like about it, but there are definitely some things that I miss um, from back home. I, I don't think I realized just how American I really am until I left. If that makes any sense. Yep. They're pro they probably remind you just how American you really are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you. So anytime I, I meet someone who lives in a different country or got to live elsewhere, I always kind of wonder like what they notice about the perceptions of the United States of America from there. Because, you know, in the media, we always hear that everyone hates us. But uh -huh. sometimes when I talk to people, I get something different. So what, what are you picking up over there? Ooh, okay. Um, there is, it's very strange. There is an, an admiration for us, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I've definitely noticed that. But there's also the assumption that we're all kind of stupid. 
<laughs> uh, remember, I just looked up where Netherlands is on a map, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that, that assumption is altogether incorrect. <laughs> you know, so I, I have graduate degrees, trust me, but yeah, geography is not my strong suit. <laughs> but, but here's the thing that's like kind of crazy to me is that like, you know, there's this assumption that we're we're all kind of stupid. And so... But um, especially like when it comes to global affairs and things like that. But the people here will know just as little as like someone in America. The only difference is that they might know something different. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm so, saying? So do they like talk to you slower when they find out you're an American? <laughs> <laughs> do they use which <laughs> like try to use simple words <laughs> um no they will try to they'll definitely want to practice their english on you um so it's because speaking english is considered like cool you know it's oh, like yeah. oh, you know like oh you speak english so when you watch like uh dutch youtubers the ones that are really trying to be with it and happening they sprinkle english into their you know into their podcast or into their shows um, and it's almost kind of like English, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just a sign of being cool. So everybody will, will want to practice their English on you. Um, we had a foreign exchange student at our school who was from the Netherlands. His name was Klaus Mulder and he was, he wound up becoming a very good friend of mine. I, I really enjoyed him. Um, we had a lot of fun together. I think he liked me because I could get beer um, and <laughs> so, you know, and it, it was, we didn't talk, a, you know, we didn't talk a lot about culture when you're 17 years old, you're interested in girls and beer. And, uh, you know, that was, that was the gist of our friendship. But, um, I, you know, he, I always wondered what happened to him. So if you happen to run across Claus Mulder, just let me know. I mean, I'm sure he... <laughs> There's like probably three streets in the Netherlands or something. <laughs> <laughs> Out where I live, yes. <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate for that. but okay. <laughs> So when you get questions over there about the United States, do you ever find that like, you know, you were obviously from Washington, D.C. and Georgia, where like they'll ask you a question about a whole different part of the country, like say Oregon or California, and not realizing how far apart they are? Yeah, yeah. I have had um, people kind of assume that, you know, places are a little bit closer together than they actually are. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, that I can answer uh, for, you know, all of the country's foreign policy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> or, or that. You get you get a lot, you know, you get you get a lot of uh, kind of assumptions about you know, uh, what kind of education you'll receive. Uh, for example, like, you know, a lot of us took foreign languages in middle school and high school. It's kind of like required. Mm -hmm. um, we just never use them, you know? And, and so I've been in meetings where I think one time I kind of mentioned that in passing and you could like see the shock. Like they were like, oh, you actually learn foreign, like, dude, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They actually do teach us things. We just don't have to use it in our own country yes it is we're so you know for 50 countries we all speak or 50 countries 50 individual states combined into a super country we all speak english so it's not like europe which is about the same size and you know you could drive two hours away and they're speaking a whole different language and not, right. you have to use not it. Canada. they speak french i mean they're that's the one state that speaks french P province okay they don't have states there 
Yeah, that's right. They did. Well, I was just counting. It's like North Dakota, Canada, all the same. Canada's the 51st state of the United States. We all know that. Yep. Our five Canadian listeners are now going to hate me. <laughs> when we bring in Puerto Rico, when that becomes a state, I mean, it's predominantly Spanish. So, what is, what is the province that speaks France? France? French? Isn't it? I like, think it's Quebec. Quebec. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Montreal. You know, you'd never tell that my mom's from Canada. I know nothing about the country. <laughs> All right. So which one are we going to start off with? All right. So when we talked about like doing a current event, you know, I probably grabbed a current event that's not like, you know, world news or anything. So uh, so the current event I'm bringing up is actually from Victoria's Secret. And it, it does tie in politics a bit because Victoria's Secret has decided to get rid of the angels. They're no longer going to use the angels as a marketing campaign, and they've decided to have brand ambassadors instead. So they have, like, Megan Rapinoe, who I think is just awesome. She is the purple-haired soccer player from the U.S. Women, or the US uh, soccer team. Mm-hmm. She's Some people don't like her, though. And then also, like, oh, I can never say her name correctly, Piranka Chopra, and um, a few other women that represent a whole lot of diversity in women. And, of course, there is a lot of people upset because of the cancellation of the angels, mostly dudes. And uh, they feel like getting rid of the angels and getting different women to now represent the brand is part of woke culture. So the tweet I just grabbed says, we are proud to announce an exciting new partnership platform, the VS Collective, designed to have shape the future of Victoria's Secret. And so, again, the reason I bring this up is because you have so many people politicizing it and... I thought it'd be fun to talk about Victoria's Secret. Well, since <laughs> since I'm an expert on I'll go first. Um, that is fine. <laughs> no, I uh, okay. I don't really see this as cancel culture per se because this is a company taking a different direction. Um, so to me, nobody the Angels didn't get canceled. They've just changed their marketing uh, plan. And that, that's all that they did. They updated uh, how they want to go to market, their target audience, and and that's their right to do as a company. And if it's official as a shareholder, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, whatever helps grow the business is good for business. Yeah. End of story. Um, I mean, my whole thing is I'm still going to go to Primark, though. I mean, they can do this all day long. But those those bras are expensive. That was actually one of the things that I always saw people talking about women were that Victoria's Secret bras were expensive for the quality of the product. And their quality the last 10 years has tanked bad. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. So you can go ahead and put every diverse so-and-so on your platform that you want to. I'm still going to look at you like, no, I'll just go to Primark. Thanks. I mean, I, I honestly, just, I bore a lot of Victoria's Secret mostly because, um, you know, not to brag, but I have some bigger ones going on up there. And um, for a long time, that was the only place you can get bigger sizes. And so, and for my boob size, I pretty much going to have to pay out the behind for a bra anyway. So I did go to Victoria's Secret for a long time. But yeah, over the last 10 years, they're quality went way down and it was really unrealistic bras like everything was push up you know meant mm. to attract something but not be functional because when you have a push-up bra and you have triple d boobs they're actually just kind of like 
flip over kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, are we like, are we talking pushed up to the point where you're resting a teacup on them? Like, oh, what? yeah, you know, I can like eat breakfast off of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> every day is a renaissance festival in Michelle's house. It really is. It really, well, not like it used to be, you know, I'm 43 years old now and gravity has helped relieve that a little bit. But <laughs> that was a joke. My sister's wedding picture. She loves to point that out to people. Look at those. They're huge. And they're so pretty. Like, you know, this is your wedding. Aren't you going to brag about that? <laughs> Well, I don't, uh, here's my issue with, you know, I guess guys being upset with the loss of the Victoria's Secret Angels. I, I don't think that in the Western world, magazines and literature with scantily dressed females is going away anytime soon. So, you know, pick up a Fredericks or, or some other. Uh, no, Fredericks doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. What? Are you serious? Uh, I don't think it exists. Okay, no. Michelle's third Google of the night. Let's see. I, I think I tried a few years ago to see what happened to them. I love how Conrad and I are both shocked. Like, this is the loss of an American institution. Like, what? What'd you do with Fredericks now? <laughs> okay, okay, no, it's all online now. Okay, okay oh. it's there. Yeah, that's where I go in high school, you know, when I, I, I wanted sexy underwear on the cheap, you know. My mom didn't hear that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> where I went in high school quarterly to, uh, never mind. Uh, well, that's the thing about people, men being upset about the angels being gone. It's not that they, it was free stuff to whack off to. You know, you got the catalog in the mail. There was a hot chick, you know, with wings on and a, and a thing. Now you have to go back to paying for your porn, okay? They don't have to go back to paying for no. it. Now they just no, have to Google it. Exactly. Yeah. If Twitter, there's a whole... There's porn on Twitter. There's porn on every social media yeah. site. It's awesome. Yeah, the only it's it's super empowering when it's on Twitter. Let me stop. I accidentally DM'd some Twitter porn to a group once. <laughs> <laughs> that that was fun. Yeah, I like it when I'm like you know I get a DM from one of my female friends and I'm like oh great and then it's a picture of a dude's wang, uh. <laughs> and I'm like why. Do I need to see that? Okay. But anyway. Does it make you feel insecure? A little bit. I mean, whatever. Wings you know, are beautiful. It shouldn't bother you, Conrad. It's not, it's not my fault. I've got a small wiener. <laughs> so, you know, and I come fast and I'm going bald and I'm overweight. <laughs> I'm a real catch. You're really selling yourself here, dude. <laughs> oh, so anybody else listening or are they they're all gone now. The next no shit tour is going to be really hard to be your weak man <laughs> the way you're selling yourself. I hear you. I, I hear tried you. last summer. I know you did. You did your... <laughs> okay, so I'll read the next one. And uh, this is from Bushels Per Acre. I, I don't know. I've never... Far at Farming Patriot. You know, first oh. off, like, so he, he came across the sign. He literally took a picture of it. And I only came across it because, like, I guess he's a Canadian agriculturist that kind of found himself in trouble for his tweets. And then I he had this, and this was gold, so I figured we should talk about it. Yeah, so the, this Black Raven Ranch, is that uh, is the name of the ranch? They've got this sign posted that basically says, Michael Derichuk? 
How do you say his last name? Derichuk. That'd be my okay. guess. Derichuk. Uh, you owe me $6,700 for the 128 bales you stole from my yard. Please pay ASAP. Derichuk uh, comes across it and says, F you, man. You were banging my wife, <laughs> bailing all that hay when it was 105 degrees out. I'm keeping the hay. You can keep the whore. How's that for a deal? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh. This is a this is a true crime waiting to happen. <laughs> I want to find out more about this story, yeah. right? Like, I hope this guy that replied is some dude that just changed his name. I mean, I want the real stuff here. This this is as good as like a novel here. <laughs> I mean. 128 bales of hay. Is that fifty-two dollars right? per bale? I'm trying to figure out who's selling. Okay, it's definitely not small bales because those are about twenty-ish in California. Well, you said it was in Canada, right? It's in Canada, so it's got to well, be like, like the big four hundred dollars or something. I don't. It's the metric system, so it's different. It's Canadian money. Is that money even real? <laughs> you get more every time you pass go. Like they have like an actor as a prime minister. Yeah. So, I mean, is there money, like Monopoly money? I I don't know. I bet in Canada they just call Monopoly Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, sex and hate tweets now later this week for uh, that. <laughs> whoops. Okay. So, There's backstory yeah. there, Danny. <laughs> A lot of backstory. Conrad bags about how many followers he gets to quit following him based on the shit he oh my god no actually i can totally respect that I, i'm i'm trying to avoid becoming that person though because i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm always proud about how many people have blocked me and that's probably like, the most toxic person to be on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i just love it <laughs> oh they blocked me <laughs> but it's, it's actually kind of easy to get people to block you on twitter oh, yeah Sometimes, you know what I like to do? So, I mean, there's people that say no lists or don't add me to lists. So I made a list called people who hate lists. And every time I see one of those people, I add them to it. <laughs> <laughs> and nine times out of ten, they block me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I Eastern Oregon is not a very exciting place. I need stuff to do. <laughs> right. You know, I guess I I have been unfollowed and blocked a lot. I mean a lot, a lot. Danny, you're probably gonna like we just started following each other. You haven't met the asshole side yet. And you're I mean, I will not be mad when you unfollow me. It will happen. You'll just you'll log on one day and you'll be like what the blue hell is wrong with that guy you know honestly the um the the dutch kind of have a reputation for being a-holes a bit okay uh so you know and i married a dutch person you know i so i think i'm kind of used to it i think <laughs> well maybe then you should maybe that's where you should move conrad i you know what i'm thinking danny you know um Hook me up. <laughs> Got any single friends over there? Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, we do. I do. Okay. I do. So Just you know, I will sell him the way he sold himself, please. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't want to lie to her. I mean, 
<laughs> you don't lie. That's why you focus on personality traits. That's not helping. Outgoing. <laughs> We're just Wait, where they so where are you special. where are you from again, uh, Conrad? Um, do you know where Hannibal, Missouri is? You're a writer, so you should know where Hannibal is. I don't um no, <laughs> actually I don't. I know where Missouri is, but I don't know where Hannibal is. But the thing is, that whole like American Midwest West country aesthetic, that is fire here. People love that. You really? would be so popular. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I'm... there apparently there's a reality show that's all about farmer dating. Really? Yeah. That's like there's a big thing you. here. Oh, I'm I'm moving. I'm I'm done with this place. I, <laughs> you know, as a West Coaster though, I'm still confused how the Midwest got called the Midwest because you guys are on the East Coast. And I know it has something to do with historically oh, with expansion, my but God. I really Why do those sound like fighting words? I, I'm not even <laughs> well, I, I oh yeah, I mean, I was supposed to call him a Hoosier or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not that far. So Hannibal's you know, I didn't even realize like how much Midwestern states hate each other until I got to know all these guys. My dad's from Minnesota, so like he said, the worst insult was to be called an Iowa lover or something. But then I met all these guys last year: Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, and and all they do is nitpick at each other. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything against it. Unless you're a channel dealer from Kansas, you're probably all right. I'm trying to remember who that was. I, I <laughs> there's been several. And remember the wheat the wheat uh, grass. What was that? What were the What was Burger King feeding the cows? You know, lemongrass. Remember that the lemongrass. Oh yeah. He's like, you know, I was making fun of lemongrass. Lemongrass, mind you, Danny. And this guy just goes ballistic. I'm the vice president of the lemongrass chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was an organized group. Oh, I will not put up with these disparaging tweets. <laughs> I was like, I was laughing so hard, I could hardly hold the phone, you know? Uh, oh, I got I to gotta get this bastard to unfollow me. Uh, at least he thought you were, like, have an importance that you could affect the view of lemongrass worldwide. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> All I know is lemongrass smells good in my diffuser. I, I mean, that's probably why he that's probably why he got offended, because, you know, when you think of lemongrass, you're thinking of like, yeah, your diffuser or what you put in your tea, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some cookies. You're not thinking of like the rigors of agricultural life. This poor man had his entire existence. Oh, please. Called in the question. Auto steer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so hard as I sit in my air conditioned tractor. <laughs> okay so what's the next piss off some people today <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna do that plenty of that okay uh danny can you see the tweets or uh i can see the tweets um why don't you choose one that you want to read that looks yeah. interesting to you this actually i i'm gonna skip around a little bit because this That's is fine. actually uh something that is happening a little bit here in the netherlands as well okay. um and this is the wall street journal a tweet um and it says there were days that i came home crying the real estate boom is hitting out of the way towns across the u.s frustrating would-be buyers 
And um, like I, I, I've said, the, the Netherlands is a very small country. And then, of course, uh, everybody usually wants to move to Amsterdam or The Hague or Leiden or, you know, something like that. Well, then after Corona hit, now everybody wants to move out to the farming towns. Mm-hmm. And so it's driving up, you know, the cost of real estate in towns that, you know, kind of aren't really used to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are generally... Um, I'm, I'm not from small town America. I don't really know what it's like. Um, but here, at least, you know, these will be communities where people have lived in these communities for a couple generations. Um, and so now you're having like people who are used to being able to live next to each other. They're being priced out of their own kind of communities. Uh, yeah, their own communities. Um, so, yeah, that's that that's hard. That's rough. That's got to be really rough. The hard thing is Corona really changed our work structure and finding out that we don't really, we can live farther from work because we can tell, or, you know, Zoom and, and Google Meets and everything. And it's definitely, you know, <clears throat> I think it's a worldwide issue. I saw another tweet where it was happening in some of the more far off Scottish Isles where mm-hmm. uh, even locals can't even, like they their families have been there hundreds of years and they can't now afford to buy houses. I live in an area that's pretty much economically depressed historically. We're in the middle of a food desert. Um, it's a desert all around us, except for this little valley. And, you know, homes used to be for sale for years here. Like my place was for sale for five years before I bought it. Mm. And um, now things don't stand before they're snatched up. And it's making a lot of people really nervous because, you know, how buying your first home used to be really affordable for even just a young couple starting a family. And now they can't either. And it's got to be very, very stressful to not be able to buy your own home because, I mean, renting sucks. Why does renting suck? I want to get an answer on that. Because I feel like I'm giving away my money to someone else who's getting the equity. You know, I'm paying the mortgage for them but not getting the ownership to sell it later. Like I, you know, basically I I realize when I pay my mortgage here, I lose half of it to interest or whatever, but you know, one day and this property is raising thanks to, you know, this boom, my property doubled in value in the last year. um, That's money. That's equity. I will have one day. Whereas if I was renting, I won't have that equity. See, I, I look at it from a through a different sphere, and I'm a homeowner, and I wish I wasn't. Um, uh, to me, homeownership is a sham from hell. Uh, it, it, you know, you by the time you pay the loan, you'll pay twice what it's worth. So even if the house appreciates in value, it has to double in value for you to break even. Well, that's you get your money back in a lump sum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that, that, that's an insane way to look at investing. Uh, yeah. I, I just are you I, telling me I'm crazy, Conrad? That that blows me away. Yes, and then, uh, okay, I hear it a lot. And then you, on top of all of that, every little shit and thing that goes wrong, you're responsible for it. Whereas if I were just renting this house, meh, basement leaks. You're all still paying. The- that's why you pay a few hundred dollars above value in your rent. Right. But at the end and of you're the day, still paying the property taxes. If I don't like it here, if I get a neighbor I don't like, if I wanna if I have another job opportunity somewhere else, it I can just leave. 
Nothing. Every person I I hear that makes that argument never actually just leaves, though. How long have you been at your house? Uh, nine years. See. Well, I mean, I would kind of imagine though, like once you've bought a house, you you kind of can't just leave, even if you if you want to. Right now, you can, man. You'll sell up cash in a few days. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I sell the house. <laughs> That's not an issue. I just don't. I I guess you know, looking back, I just I'm not sure that I would have bought a home uh, again, and and I don't know that I will own a home if I ever sell this one. You know, I'd rather I'd rather have a condo where like all that shit's taken care of for me. I don't have to worry about it. I think it was maybe because my first few landlord experiences were so negative that it really drove in the fact that I didn't want someone holding a thumb over me. Mm-hmm. I had some asshole landlords. But I, you know, to the point of this post, you know, it's a free country. And I, I remember 20 years ago when we crossed the threshold of more people living in urban areas than living in rural areas, everyone was upset because that pendulum had swung. You know, rural people were upset because they felt like they'd lost some of their power politically and socially. Whereas, you know, the United States in its previous history, all the years since the country began, majority of the country had been rural. And it's just recently that the majority of the country has been urban. That's a very recent thing. So if we're seeing that play out where it's going back to a more rural country, short term, it may upset some folks. But long term, I don't know that those impacts are necessarily bad. Well, you have had many, especially in the Midwest towns, shrinking for years. It could bring yeah. back much needed population and tax base. Well, we, yeah. And and some of the new industries that have came, you know, come about in the last uh, decade, you know, we have a a medical marijuana facility in our town at twelve hundred and fifty, where my business is, um, and now they're employing like three hundred. I think they're the largest employer in the county now. In holy in snap, decade there are over three hundred people, which our county's only sixteen hundred and most or sixteen thousand and most so there's more pot per resident there than any other county in the country is that what you're saying probably so <laughs> and they're high paying jobs i mean they're paying i think twenty two dollars an hour starting pay which makes it tough for me as a business owner because now i'm competing with that right but it, it's it is what it is i mean as we drive as we keep increasing i mean it's good for everybody in my opinion it's uh-huh. good for the tax base because uh, that was the other thing that was happening in our county is our population eroded, our taxes started to go through the roof. And schools go down, infrastructure. Yeah, goes I mean, down. if you get a population boom back, you're going to watch that tax base increase, and you're going to watch those taxes start to lower, which is a great thing. Yeah, you can look at the short term. I can't afford a home today, but play the long game, and there's some real economic benefit. Uh-huh. Well, that's yeah. the thing I worry about is the bubble bursting like it did back in the late aughts. Mm-hmm. Where like all the people were just upside down like crazy. True. Well, I, I think that they've, haven't they removed some of those, some of the financial instruments kind of put a, a, a curb on what was allowing people to kind of buy properties they couldn't afford. They I have. think so, um, right. 
Yeah, yes. it was yeah. crazy. Like you'd hear about people that had very low paying jobs getting like five hundred thousand dollars houses. Like how how were they going to pay for that? Michelle, you going to read the next one? Yeah, I'm going to skip one higher, and I'll let you finish off on that one. You uh, you chose this guy is uh, at OG Shavers. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, and it is in a reply to about Thor Ragnarok, or not Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder wrapping, uh, wrapping filming, filming. Wow. You think I could speak today? Um, and he says, uh, he's talking about Taika Watiti, the director might be his last movie. They pissed at him and they should be because his is, this is tacky and Ragnarok was ass juice. <laughs> and it shows a picture of Taika Watiti making out with two chicks on a balcony on a long-term photo lens. I had no intention of seeing Love and Thunder anyway. That that mm, that tagline was enough for me to be like, no. <laughs> and then, and but I don't understand. Like, what what is tacky about this? Is this guy mad because he's not kissing two chicks on a balcony with some drinks? I don't understand what's happening. So. I think it, he's jealous that he's not Taika Watiti. What cracks me up today is, and I think I said this: if that were two guys and a girl. Like everybody would be talking about how woke they are, but because it's two girls and a guy, it's lowbrow, and there's nothing sexist about that. I would actually think there'd be slut shaming going on if it was a a chick with two dudes. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Slut shaming's still very common. If you're female and you publicly announce you like sex, it's yeah. You still have it's still prevalent in our culture, I believe. Maybe so. What about what about you, Danny? Do you, uh, Danny? That brings me to a question. So you've lived in the Netherlands how long? Uh, three years now. Okay, three years. Yes, so been there a, a little while enough to appropriate some culture. Do you think, in in your opinion, things like sexism and racism are worse in the United States than they are in Europe, based on your experience? Ooh, okay. Um, it's different. I don't think it's worse. Um, I think a lot of Europeans have convinced themselves that they're better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just, it just takes a different form. So, for example, like w- with the racism, it tends to be a little bit more attached to nationality. I, like I've noticed, for example, that when people think I'm from Africa, they will be very, uh, they can be quite aggressive or hostile towards me. And then when they find out I'm American, it's like, oh, you know, you're a good one, you know, kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, oh, you're, you're a Western one. So, you know, you're, you're, you know, a bit more civilized or accomplished or whatever. Mm-hmm. We know that you're not from a poor country kind of thing. And um, as far as the sexism, I would say that I would, on paper, the legislation, like legislation wise, I would say the Netherlands is probably doing a little bit better. Um, We do have more protections, for example, for like single mothers and stuff like that. I mean, if you're a single mother here in the Netherlands, you're still, your your kids are still going to be fine. The whole point is to make it so that your kid can be a productive citizen, right? regardless of the circumstance. So, you know, you're, they're still going to have access to great schools, green spaces, you know, safe neighborhoods. Um, 
there, there, there's actually like government mandated housing. I think like 30% of the housing here has to be priced affordably um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, anybody can get there. But, you know, as a professional woman myself, um, I do experience a bit more sexism here than I experienced in the United States. Um, just because it's not really expected of women to be in IT. It's not really expected of women to not have children kind of thing. So, and because of the, uh, the way that, you know, Dutch culture is a lot more kind of, you can say whatever you want kind of thing. Uh, you, you, you know, I have had people kind of make comments or assumptions about my maturity because I don't have children. I think that's uh, interesting because a lot of what I see on social media, especially in the last few years, a lot of liberal Americans or left-leaning Americans feel like their country or our country has become uh, a hotbed of white supremacy and that sexism and racism are raging. I guess I struggle with that, that xenocentrism of somehow our country is less and we need to feel bad about it. I really sense that with a lot of Americans the last few years, that it's become popular to feel guilty about your country. I'm not saying that blind national pride is necessarily a good thing either, but I don't think we need to celebrate the fact that we have fault and we should we should celebrate feeling bad about it, I guess. It's, it's almost to that point. I think that that also comes from kind of a lack of perspective and actually kind of journeying, being able to journey outside of the country and see how things are in other places. Sure. Um, you know, I was actually speaking with one of my, my, uh, one of my friends and I said, you know, there's different kinds of social coercion and social control here in the Netherlands. I was like, my life in America may have been a little bit more stressful because, you know, our work ethic, kind of what's expected of us and stuff like that as citizens, um, you know, we work our asses off. But I actually felt free. Uh, you know, I could be who I wanted to be. I could do what I wanted to do, that kind of thing. You don't really, uh, that doesn't really exist here. Okay. You know, so uh- I... Well, that would be a very foreign feeling, I think, for many Americans, Danny. I I think that would be, I think it'd be a culture shock for many Americans, to be real honest with you. Yeah, it is actually one of the biggest culture shocks. I mean, like, you know, I'm a gamer, you know, for example. And in in America, like, who cares? You tell somebody that you're a gamer, you know, and you're a 37-year-old woman, like, no one cares. No one cares. You know, do you do your job? But, like, I've literally, like, had coworkers make it seem like it's some kind of personality defect that I game as a 37-year-old woman because 37-year-old women here don't do that. You don't do that. Wow. So you get pigeonholed pretty fast there. Yes social norms are expected yes yeah i I don't think a lot of the yeah i don't think a lot of people uh a lot of liberals actually realize kind of how good socially and culturally you actually kind of have it Um, because america is very dynamic we are very good at accepting change um i think i mean we went from having you know segregation my dad was born in 1954 right Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was born about, you know, nine years before all of that was ended in the United States. We went from that to having 
a half black president and like all of that other stuff. I do not see the Netherlands having a black prime minister anytime soon. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, (laughs) that's the dynamism that I'm talking about. America is very dynamic. Um, The fact that, you know, you're the vaccination has been, it's like the moment we set our minds to something is like, boom, all right, we're getting it done. That's not the kind of attitude that you're going to find here. And it's just funny because like us here, everything that you're saying and like, it's it's just funny how we think we are the exact opposite as a country, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and, and it's because you do. I mean, you're kind of like you're sitting in America and then you have other Americans talking to you and saying, like, this isn't happening fast enough, you know, but it's. Honestly, I've really come to appreciate the dynamism of America and and our willingness to change and to evaluate ourselves and to be honest, genuinely honest about who we are. That's something that I have fully come to appreciate even more since leaving the country. That's one thing I've heard from people who've lived abroad is like, you know, we kind of leave it all out there as Americans. We're we'll air our dirty laundry. We don't care. <laughs> and we'll, we'll try to learn from it. I'm not trying to pump ourselves up here. Cause you know, we do have issues, but as the beginning of the conversation, we're talking about those mis- misconceptions. And I think we even have just misconceptions about ourselves. Sure. I agree. And oh, I th- <laughs> no, I, I think that I think that's spot on. And so I'm going to throw a rock the other way because I kind of went off a little bit there on white apologists, uh, liberal apologists, now I'm going to throw a rock the other way on the con- more conservative side. You know, nothing drives me crazier than when I hear someone say that they don't see color. Because to me, that's nuts. I'm in a biracial family myself. I'm well aware of the nationality of my children. Uh, do I, when I look at them, do I see a different nationality? No, I don't. They're my kids and I love them, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's normal. But when I meet somebody, I'm going to notice if they have red hair or if they have freckles or if, you know, they're taller than me or not judge someone based. Well, people with red hair, I'm going to judge, but, but <laughs> we <laughs> fucking gingers, man. But anyway, I, <laughs> but no, seriously, to just outright say I don't see color when I meet someone, I think that's a that's an over-the-top statement, and it's very untruthful, and it's very dumb to say that. It is just, a, it's from a, you're coming from a place of ignorance when you say something like that. And that's what actually a very common kind of like like, I hate to say it, that's actually a very common kind of Dutch sentiment. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's very difficult to sometimes have conversations about uh, race, you know, here. And, sure. you know, I've talked to, you know, I have a, I had a colleague once who told me, he was like, you know, all Black people in the Netherlands wear a mask. There, we do have the concept of like code switching, you know, in America, but I've never felt like I necessarily had to wear a mask. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, that, that just the whole concept of my existence having to be particularly cont- curtailed to the fragilities of a bunch of people who can't even handle reality is just that's just beyond me. I, I, I think I love what you just said. I, I'm serious. Like, that is, uh, could you, I'm going to play that 
probably a thousand times when I listen back to this. I had a Google code switching. Um, well, that and, the, and think about the fertility of other people. I mean, yeah. it, you nailed it. You just nailed it. That was great. And I um, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, when I see some of the things, you know, I am I am a leftist. I I myself am a leftist, right? Yeah. Um, but I I work in reality, right? Mm-hmm. So when I so when I see some of the things that liberal Americans are kind of going for, where it becomes this denial of reality, where we're supposed to pretend as if certain things don't exist, um, a lot of gaslighting. I see similarities in Dutch culture and I'm like, I I don't want us becoming this. I don't want us becoming people who are incapable of handling reality where, you know, everything has to be, um, you know, gently told to you, hold your hand. I, I, I can't handle this. It have a trauma. I I, I have a trauma, you know, like, no, I'm not trying to be, no. (laughs) Uh, I like safe it. spaces there <laughs> you know and this is something that w- gets talked about a little bit in in my circle of friends you know because i i would call myself a conservative with a, a very socially liberal fiscally conservative person i'm a registered republican but it's from a fi- from a point of fiscal conservatism that i am and there are fiscally conservative Democrats out there. They're just being held, you know, they, they don't have a voice right now, Danny, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're blue dog, what they call the blue dog Democrats. Was that the same group? Yeah. Yeah. It's become, you know, very unpopular in recent years to be a socially liberal Republican, which I think is insane, you know, because the, the ultimately the party is going to lose its base mm-hmm. and in my opinion unless it adopts social change from a real point of view not a i need votes point of view but from an, an actual shift in thinking that's just i mean that's just my take but i don't uh, but i do and i also see on the extreme right you know the same thing that you're talking about with liberals people that just aren't in touch with reality mm-hmm. they think that they can shove roe versus wade you know back onto the shelf and and get rid of it and i'm like okay you're a fucking idiot you need to get that out of your brain because we're not going to accomplish anything fucking around with that narrative and, and we need to get down to issues you know we we have balanced the budget in this country and here, here I go on my fiscal conservatism, um, you know, with a Democrat president, mind you, and a Republican House leader. And uh, it can be done again. But, you know, we've got to quit, it, quit letting the extremists on both sides of the aisle control the conversation. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm very much I am. a. I guess I am very much a fiscal liberal. I mean, here in the Netherlands, I'm taxed at the second highest rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can be so like 40 percent oh wow, wow. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and honestly like i don't mind um but one of the things that i've noticed is that we're very the country is very fiscally liberal i guess you could say but mm-hmm. it's called it's socially conservative mm-hmm. in, a, in a way 
Okay, so, so you I'm have terrible there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's 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 very like accepting. You know, we have all of the LGBT um, legislation, like a lot of the legislation that liberal Americans want that you see a lot of people on Twitter talk about. It does exist here. Um, the difference, though, is that there are kind of there's these cultural stop gaps put into place so that you don't go too crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like one of the things, for example, Conrad, that you and I were talking about is how, you know, it seems like it's OK. And I'm probably going to start getting, you know, hate tweets for this or whatever. But it's almost OK to, to, to groom children, provided you have the right hashtags and the right identity or whatever. Yeah. The Dutch are like, you can have whatever identity you want, but you leave kids alone, period. Yeah, we need to adopt that worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. That's that those threads. I tell you what, those are the times when when you don't see me on Twitter for 12 hours or a day or whatever. He's fuming. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen one of those and I just it makes me want to break things that yeah. people, that people mm-hmm. would how uh, anyway, I don't know how you how people come up with that, that, that it's OK to make anyone a victim period let alone someone that isn't an adult you know um but but no you're keep going i'm sorry i interrupted you yeah no no it was it was pretty infuriating for me too but i just you know so i i think that there can be a balance personally there are things here um that my tax dollars pay for that i would love for americans to have honestly you know, I the the healthcare system here may move a little bit slower than America, um, but everyone has access to it, and it's very thorough. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's part of what I'm paying for. Um, the fact that you know, like I said, single moms, they're totally okay for the most part, and uh, people that fall on hard times, you know, they can get the help they need. That's part of what I'm paying for. I love that. But there still is that kind of social expectation that, you know, okay, but you still need to manage yourself, mm, sure. you know? And that, that's for me, like, as we're talking about, like, you know, what we are liberal and what we are conservatives, like, I'm, you know, I'm like Conrad, you know, socially very liberal, conservative and fiscal, but that's the one thing, like, so I'm also a teacher and I see so much poverty in my students yeah. that, um, you know, some kids, they only eat when they're at school. And yeah. that's my thing is even as a fiscal conservative, we have to help kids because it's the only way to break the cycle of poverty is to make sure, sure these kids are getting a great education and have doors open to them. Because a hungry kid or a kid who doesn't know where, you know, a young girl doesn't know where their tampons are going to even come from, they're not learning in school. Right. And they need those things. And even talking about healthcare. You know, I used to be very opposed to any sort of government or not government controlled health care, but, um, you know, single payer. But like, like just the hell I go through for my minor cancer treatments because I have basal cell carcinoma, which isn't even a major type of cancer. I have to go through the ringer with my insurance company just to get things covered. I couldn't imagine if I had a major, major health problem. And I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I just want this to be taken care of. It's a part time job. Yes. Yeah. That's what it becomes in this country. And, and and I'm not 
so when I say fiscally conservative and Danny, you know, what I like about you and what I what I like about disagreeing about things like this, we can do it without making it personal or, you know, it's it's policy that we're talking about. Right. right. Yeah. And that's what we need our government mm-hmm. to on. Right. In my opinion, is policy and managing the budget, however you want to manage it. You and I may disagree on how it needs to be managed. But we mm-hmm. both do agree that it should be managed. Right. And that's that's what that's key, uh, first of all. But when I look at fiscal conservatism from my point of view, it isn't I'm all for helping the disenfranchised. I am I do want everyone to have access to health care somehow, some way. I, I I'm gonna be the first to admit I'm not smart enough to figure that one out. I wish we could elect people who were. That said, where I see the issues when it comes to the expenses in this country are the pork fat pat- tagged on to a lot of these bills that get pushed through. Um, that's basically just funneling money and money to lobbyists. Yeah. And and I also don't like tax breaks given to large corporations and they don't have any teeth in them. You know, if you're going to give them a 10% tax break, they should have to employ so many U.S. workers. and they should I 100% have- agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And they should have to, the lowest level workers should make this much, right? So, yeah. like, what I'm saying is they can't, like, you want the maximum tax break, you can't have anybody on your payroll that's minimum wage, and you need to be employing X amount of people versus per dollars generated. Uh-huh. Okay. That's my opinion. That And that way they can get their tax break, or if they don't want to do that, if they don't want to be forced into that, fine. You don't get the tax break. You don't have to do that. And to me, that's that gives them the choice. That's fair. And the other thing I have an issue with is, okay, we have teachers that are paid, oh, let's say a teacher that's tenured after so long is making 60000 a year. Meanwhile, we have a state worker or, you know, which isn't a federal worker, I understand that. But even in a federal prison, we'll have a prison guard making $150,000 a year. Okay, I think that's excessive for that job. I'm sorry. I do. I think $150,000 to be a prison guard is too fucking much money. Okay, we can knock that. We can knock a hundred off that real quick. I think that uh, paying somebody to mow the roadside seventy and eighty thousand dollars a year, and then you know they can retire after twenty five years, and people live longer. Seventy five percent of their pay and get a three percent raise a year after they're retired. Uh, I think that's too much money. I think the pensions all have to be cut. Yes, that's going to upset some people right now. I don't care. They're not poor. They could have invested their money in the Roth, things like that. Um, I'm not going to take it away from the disenfranchised, but I'm going to take it away from somebody that was making six figures uh-huh. and living a lavish lifestyle and retires at 55 and expects me to put the bill for the next 30 years. Sorry. No. I don't. I see. The thing is, I don't know how I would really feel about that because even making six figures, I mean, that's not a lot when you're comparing it to somebody who's making $400,000 a year, $250,000 a year. 
millions of dollars a year and they're not paying any taxes or barely any. I don't disagree with you there either from the aspect of, you know, some of these CEOs are, you know, the McDonald's CEO was paid like $15 million a year. And all he did was figure out that people like breakfast sandwiches in the afternoon. I fucking could do that. (laughs) Right. You know, that's that. So I do think what CEOs are paid is a little bit stupid. Uh, at the same time, I look at the board of those companies and I, I think it's a, you know, there's your good old boy network. There's your, there's your problem is, you know, there it's, it's just one big circle jerk going on there. Yeah. Um, that, that's an issue. And because uh, to me, $500,000 for a CEO would be big money. Okay. I think you could, if you can't find somebody good for $500,000, you shouldn't be in business. I'll go, I'll just say it right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and and, and this is kind of the whole, when we talk about policy and um, this is kind of where I feel like we've reached a point in, in, in American political dialogue where so much of the discussion of policy has been racialized. I know. That we, it's almost as if, <laughs> and I feel like that's been done on purpose, basically. Um, so that, you know, we don't ever kind of come together as citizens and go like, wait a minute, aren't we all working class and we're all kind of being dicked right now? Mm-hmm. That's exactly, you're exactly right. They don't, you know, they don't want us having this discussion. They want oh, no. us blowing up about race and not seeing eye to eye on, okay, well, I like this. Well, you like that. Well, how could we work this out? They don't want that. Yeah. They, want, they want it divided. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, one of the things that I um, have said in discussions before is, you know, I've been to some of the poor places in the, in the, in the American South and, the same kind of quote unquote dysfunction that I saw maybe in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, um, is the same kind of stuff that you would see in a depressed urban area. Same yeah. kind of stuff. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and the whole but the whole issue is that poverty and, and opportunity has been so racialized in our discourse that we're we're purposefully kind of kept from making those connections. And I, you know, it, it's, it's done us a severe, severe disservice because you literally have people, I've had discussions where I've said, you know, I believe in um, affordable, you know, a mandated affordable housing. I believe in healthcare. I believe in all of these things. And I've literally had people tell me, well, if that happens, then white people will benefit too. And I'm like, uh, well, we're all citizens. The point is everybody is supposed to, <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of missing the point. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I, yeah. I mean, and that's when you know that you're like, you can't like that person cannot be reached at least at that moment. You're just not going to reach him. And I don't, I don't uh, it's sometimes you just got to walk away conversations because they're not it's it's just going to wind up being unhealthy yeah you know? and, and, and that's that's I, kind of the and i understand i'm probably going to catch some shit 
uh, on Twitter because I mean, I literally just saw I've had to I've been blocking people uh, who who literally have said that, you know, saying anybody can be racist is apparently racist. Um, so the whole division thing is pretty much set in stone, I think, in a lot of people's minds now, where if you're not willing to kind of see us all as enemy combatants within territorial within the same territorial lines, then shame on you. Receiving those kind of responses to, to, in my idea, things that would genuinely help the American working class. I mean, and these are, you know, these are things that like, you know, our great grandparents were able to get a job out of high school and be yeah. able to afford to, to take care of their families. I don't see how this is a foreign concept to us. That's a really, I mean, and, and that isn't just a racial issue. I mean, as you pointed out, I'm seeing that issue uh, in my area, which is small town America in the rougher, you know, in the, in the tougher parts in the smaller towns that are real, are really dilapidated. You know, that is an issue. They can't, you know, raise a family on, especially on one income, let alone, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Our grandparents did it uh, in a lot of cases on one income for at least a short period of time or an income and a half. And, uh, you know, that those things, that's gone. It's hard to do it on two incomes. Really hard. I struggle with the concept that somebody on public assistance can have 10 children and get public assistance for 10 children. Okay. Mm. Whereas I worked and I decided to only have two children because that's what I could afford. I didn't have more because I couldn't afford it. I said that online and, and of course it got me a lot of hate and there are points of view that I didn't see. And I, I get that. Uh, we all, we all view the world through our own prism and it's not always the best view, but condoms are cheap. I mean, they're like 75 cents still. Mm -hmm. They haven't even went up with inflation. So, uh, you know, I guess why we don't have better education as you know, in rural, especially in our poverty areas, both rural and urban Mm -hmm. about sex education and preventing pregnancy. It gets blocked anytime you bring it up. Yeah. Though, because you have these groups that are so opposed that we came up in, in the Pacific Northwest with comprehensive sex education starting kindergarten, and all people heard was sex ed in kindergarten and didn't even bother to check out what that really meant. And it was all about empowering kids to understand their own bodies, the proper terminology, and you know, letting them know that you that it's your body and nobody should touch you unless you give them permission, and also that you shouldn't be giving weirdos permission to do that. And it got shut down because of all the people just thinking that we that little kids are going to be taught about blowjobs or something. Right. And it's just the indoctrination of these groups that are so opposed to those things. And it just directly leads us down this path where we have where teenagers don't know about contraceptions and what's all, where they can get it. And it just spirals. And why they should get it. I mean, yeah. the, and, no. and let's, and let's not even get started on the fact that I, I think there was a study done where it was like, uh, they looked at 15 year old girls that had children mm -hmm. and a significant portion of these men who impregnated them were grown men. Mm -hmm. oh. Fucking God. So there's a pedophilia problem that mm -hmm. also uh, doesn't want to be addressed. Yeah, um, and, and I've caught shit for talking about this, how, you know, I'm not going to, you know, drop names or so or anything. But certain communities have a pedophilia problem 
that they don't want to talk about. And, you know, the moment you call, you know, sorry to interrupt you, but it's, it's just the damnedest communities, isn't it? You wouldn't expect those communities to have that problem, but by God, they do. You know, and and so if you're if you're very much interested in, you know, sitting up here and protecting pedos at the expense of young girls, because you'd much rather call young girls fast mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't want to go and, you know, talk about inherent sexism and talk about, you know, things like that. And you're kind of, you know, you're conveniently culturally conservative when it suits you. Right. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, then, you know, there's 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 going to be problems. And so I agree with Michelle, you know, that a pound, you know, a pound of prevention is worth an ounce of cure. Oh, yes. So, you know, sex education, teaching, you know, young girls that, uh, you know, yeah, your body is your body and no one should be allowed to, to touch you, um, you know, and. especially telling them that grown men should not be approaching you and holding grown men accountable for approaching young girls. That, that probably would go a a large way towards stopping a lot of things. But that's controversial. Um, That's bad. Kids shouldn't know about any of that. And it's, but it's there. And as you said, by people who pick and choose what part of conservatism they're going to to follow right and it's not even conservatism that's just being a sick fuck the other thing that drives me nuts also though is that you know to graduate eighth grade wait you gotta pass your civics exam is that correct michelle (laughs) you have to have a pulse and go to school about at least 170 days yeah it's like constant (laughs) constitution i can't remember but not anymore (laughs) um but they I don't know why we don't have it mandatory to graduate high school. You have to score a certain grade on an economics course. Like it, it, the decisions you will make in your life, um, how to pay bills, how to you know manage money, what compound interest means. These are things that apparently we have teenagers rolling out every year. They don't have a grasp on any of this. Well, you know, it's funny at my school, I have to teach an advisory class every single day where we go over those kind of things, how to make uh, like, you know, sophomore year, we start talking about job search. We make resumes. We start looking at scholarships for those who want to go off to college. Senior year, we teach them how to write checks because checks are, you know, foreign to kids now, how to address letters, how to do simple taxes. You know what class they all cut the most? That one that one and then they like a year later i see him on facebook going they didn't teach me to do this in school i'm like i tried wow and now i i actually didn't have that i did not have that as part of my education so (laughs) for someone to wow and i see it all over society i you know i'm i'm a big sports fan and i'm a i'm a sci-fi fan too and i hope that you like star wars danny I'm more of a Trek. I'm more of a Trek girl, but uh, okay. Continue. We got Trekkie here. I was gonna <laughs> back on again. My house is both. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, so you know, I follow one of the sports I follow, kind of peripheral, on the peripheral, 
is uh, the NFL. I'm not a huge NFL fan, but I, I watch the league with a little bit of interest. And one of the things that has always been appalling to me with all of these players' unions, whether it's the NFL, MLB, NHL, I don't care which, uh, why these you know athletes that come in within the first week that they're drafted, they should they should be into a one on one lockdown for how to manage your money and your life that type of thing that first week. I mean that should be mandatory and the union should be spearheading that. Because guys, you know, they become an athlete, most of them are never going to make millions, okay? They're going to make hundreds of thousands for a couple of years, and they wind up broke. So the organizations are predatory on the on those young kids playing. Yeah, they well, offer them big money with, you know, they're young guys with not much life experience yet. Yeah, yeah. and and the, the but you know everybody they've ever met in their life now wants something from them. They've yeah. got they know that's hard to do. Then, you know, the agent's going to clip 15%. The union takes another 15%. And then you've got to pay taxes. And when you play in other cities, guess what? You pay taxes in that city, too. What? Oh, yeah. All the away games, you pay taxes. Holy shit. That, wow. That adds cost oh, yeah. You need to have someone keep track of that for you. Yeah. So, so you need to have the money guy who doesn't Now you're paying you an account, too, right? Yeah, and they embezzle from you. Um, so you're, you, you know, if you're making 400,000, all of a sudden 400,000 isn't that much. No. I mean, you're down to about 150 by the time you get all done with everything. And now everybody wants something from you. So that's tough. Yeah. And somebody's got to get in front of these guys and, and these men and women. Because that's the next thing. As women's sports explode, you're going to see the same thing play out. Um, and, now, I'm going to – I, you know what? I will take a bet with you on that because I think you'll see a different trend with women. You may. You may be right. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think women are going to be a little bit – maybe a little bit better. We've had to fight so hard to get it back, and I hope we'll be a little bit better. Well, I do too. I, <laughs> I do too. Well, guys, um, I think we've got a show. We've went, we've went way over time. We here. talked a lot. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, no, this was, was a good great conversation. conversation. No, it was awesome. Danny, I, I do want to have you on again sometime. I would absolutely love it. This was so great. I am fully prepared to be canceled um, <laughs> beyond all measure because I should not – there, you know, there are certain things that you're not supposed to talk about or you're not supposed to say and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, but honestly, I feel like these kind of dialogues are the kind of dialogues that Americans need to be having with each other. Um, I should, in my opinion, I should not, I left America to have my American dream. And I should not have had to do that. And part of my American dream in my mind is that I f- can fully contribute to my fellow citizens, you know? And so, yeah, you know, I, I feel like these kind of dialogues are what can lead us towards that. Well, where can people find you, Danny? Um, on Twitter <laughs> at, <laughs> at Danny underscore underscore Morrison. I'm also on uh, Instagram at author Danny Morrison. I just got two new kittens. 
So oh, I saw though they were so cute. Oh yeah, they are. the The boy is a, is, is a hell is a hellion. He's a hellion. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and there. So yeah, on Instagram and Twitter is where I can be found. And great, great. Yeah. Well, we uh, we sure appreciate having you. I think canceled beyond all measures is a great title. Great title. So, <laughs> yep. Got it. <laughs> I think we're going to do that one. Are you good with that, Danny? Yeah, I'm good with that one. All right. Canceled beyond all measures. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, I guess that's it for the, that's a wrap folks. So Danny. Yeah, thinking. we're bad. We're pretty bad on the closings. <laughs> yeah. We, so, uh, awkward, uh, goodbyes and uh, folks thanks for tuning in don't forget to tag your post with hashtag no shit show um, we're looking for your tweets Instagram posts Facebook TikTok uh, probably MySpace MSN chat room something and uh, we'll we'll talk about them alright have a good bye. one guys bye guys thank you so much Danny bye Conrad alright bye bye Bye.